What's up, everybody? Welcome to Divi Chat. I don't expect a lot of people to be here live with us for the at this moment because we are so close to on time. Like so, like so close. It's oh one. It's Divi Chat oh one, which means we're early. Yeah. So, uh, oh yeah, somebody just mentioned in the chat we have six more minutes. No, we're here because we got to keep you guys on your toes. None of this showing up at seven after, thinking you're on time. That's what we get to do. Anyway, we, we're excited. We're here almost on time. We've got uh, a fun guest with us today, our pal Vito Peleg. Let's hear it for Vito. He's here joining. And uh, we are going to talk about the thorn in the side of every web developer, web designer, and that is copy. The dreaded copy, whether you're trying to get it from a client, find a copywriter to do it, you're trying to do it, whatever it is, it sucks, right? So we're going to try and conquer this beast today and see if we can make your life a little bit easier. Uh, before we dive into this topic, we're going to go around. Oh, I forgot to tell Vito beforehand. We go around in a circle. Okay. okay. So I'm going to, kind of I'm Stephanie. Yes. Yes. Clockwise <laughs> around. This is new and it's been a very, very difficult adoption. <laughs> for the group. So we're just going to try it today. Someone uh, messes up every Hudson. time. Every time. Yeah. Uh, and I should have, I try to say it before we start to remind everybody. So that's on me today. Uh, my name is Stephanie Hudson. I run Focus WP where we help busy freelancers and agency owners who want to add more services to their, um, to their options for their clients, or if they just need a few more hands on deck. And one of those things happens to be copywriting. So we may mention that later as well. But anyway, uh, you can find out more at focuswp.com. CO and come hang out in our Facebook group. Focus on your biz. And Mike is gone. <laughs> <laughs> he was just vacant. The seat was vacant. Okay. I, I'm a bit. I'm a bit worried about my Wi-Fi. Things are things. I'm having a few technical difficulties here. So, uh, but uh -oh. I will carry on and see what happens. Uh, so, hi everyone. I'm Mike, Web Design Pro, broadcasting from the UK. Uh, looking forward to tonight's topic: copywriting. Um, at Web Design Pro, we like nothing more than a bit of lorem ipsum to create websites. But we also like alternatives to lorem ipsum. There's cupcake ipsum, keeping everything sweet. Zombie ipsum works well, very well for anyone like me that doesn't do mornings. Stephanie would probably like cat ipsum, but unfortunately no one has yet cornered the market in Steve Jobs ipsum. Now I can't think of anyone on the panel that may want to fill that void. <laughs> so during the show tonight, let us know what Ibsen you would like, and we'll display it on our live stream. Love it. I'm not gonna do I that. feel like I can't just like roll in after that. It doesn't. Like, I know oh it's God. the worst being after Mike. <laughs> hey also, guys, you I'm Sarah. Pirate oh. Ibsen. I forgot pirate Ibsen, which is my favorite. Ooh, pirate, yes. Or gore. I should try one of those. I still get clients saying to me. Oh, there's the there's some other language on the screen. <laughs> like, yeah, it's because you haven't given mm -hmm. me your content. Anyway, we'll yes. come to that later. Exactly. Um, I'm Sarah Oates, and sorry, I've been thrown here. Um, today it is 9 a.m. in Australia, so I was here an hour ago. I was ready to go. <laughs> I was like super on time this week, and I didn't realize the time had actually changed. So, if you're in Australia and like me, you were an hour early. Welcome. We now get to be here at 9am for the rest of summer, which is so exciting. Um, no more 8am's or 7am's, which is very exciting. 
Um, I did try and get myself some colored lights because I need to join the cool kids, but they're so like <laughs> povo. Hold on, can I move? They're so povo that you can barely see. Aww. <laughs> so oh, I, well, you also have them do... inside a bookshelf. Well, it's behind the bookshelf. I was hoping it would like spray upwards. Anyway, oh. I'm going to be moving offices. I didn't want to like attach it to a wall. I'll get advice later. Okay. I'm not as cool as the cool kids, but I'll get there. <laughs> Don't you worry. Uh, you can yeah. catch me at endure.com.au or endureweb on the socials. Over to me. Yeah, that's yeah, the start. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Uh, so I'm Vito. I'm the founder of Atarim and uh, the co-founder of Bertha.ai. Um, I, I started as a freelancer building websites for clients, dealing with all of this uh, uh, nonsense that we're going to be talking about uh, uh, on this session. Uh, then, I, then I scaled up an agency uh, to a team of 12 before um, venturing on to build products that are designed to help uh, web agencies like uh, us uh, to um, eliminate all of these challenges. And really, uh, it was interesting that you mentioned the lower Ipsums because um, uh, Bertha was called um, a few, by a few people. It was it was called the Lorem Ipsum Killer. So uh, oh, <laughs> sharing how that works. <laughs> You'll never kill our Ipsum. <laughs> kill our Ipsum. Yeah. Uh, hey everyone, Tim Streifler here. I'm broadcasting from San Clemente, California, and you can find me online at DiviLife.com, where I have all my Divi plugins, child themes, tutorials, and layouts and uh i guess i'm gonna go ahead and say that my favorite is hipster ipsum and i've actually used oh. it on real sites um and it's i don't know it's more conversational and it's very hipster so it's talking a lot about coffee shops and uh pour <laughs> over brewing and stuff like that <laughs> but, let me guess you knew about hipster ipsum before it was cool i did exactly <laughs> yes 100 <laughs> percent it's Nibbles. still like pretty under the radar. It's still, you know, it's not mainstream yet. So right, <laughs> so it's still okay. <laughs> yeah. So guys, the top the topic for today is conquering the copywriting conundrum. Do you like the alliteration that we threw in there for the copywriting today? And I thought maybe we'd kick off uh, the episode by sort of discussing what type what what is this conundrum? A lot of the most episodes we have Tim kick off by defining something i don't think we really need to define copywriting but tim maybe break down some of the like just an overview of sort of some of the struggles and then i thought maybe we'd talk about how each of us have tackled these things in our in, in our uh, agencies yeah absolutely so when you're building websites for clients the constant struggle is getting content from your client so content being images being uh the copywriting um a lot of smaller businesses they don't have a full-time writer on staff or you know they're not trained in copywriting and so it's always a constant struggle to get content and then also getting content that's actually good and and well written uh because there's a difference between um copy that's done for a blog post than copy that's done for a sales page and so um yeah this is definitely an important topic and so i'm excited to to hear from Vito on on some of his solutions um uh, because i've i've heard about them but i haven't myself dive in deep into them so um yeah very excited to, to hear about bertha um th does that answer your, your question stephanie on breaking down the conundrum 
I mean, that's that's the one issue. So where does the copy come from? You know, we we know how to build a website. We can design it or we can get designers to do it. We can develop it or we can get other developers to develop for us. But a lot of times where we really run into the, the struggle is the copywriting. It seems like most folks in this in, in the industry, like the people that are listening that are here right now, you're probably not a copywriter. You might be, but you're probably not. And so that's it's tough to find somebody that can write well for you. Uh, and it's expensive to, ha and then that jacks up the price of the project without really increasing your profit a ton. And then if you don't do that, if the client doesn't want to do that, then you've got to get the copy from them or write it yourself. And writing it yourself is never easy. And when the, it comes from the client, like where to begin with the list of issues from that, right? So we, because they don't do it well, they never turn it in on time. They always, always, always underestimate the amount of time and stress that it'll cause them to write it plus it's never going to be keyword driven and all of that once they do it then like the a current struggle that i'm battling with which is like it's it's not new but for some reason it's circling back around into my workflow and that is do you design without the copy if you design a website without the copy you guaranteed are going to have to redesign parts of it once you get the copy but if you wait for the copy and it's coming from the client they don't know how much to write or what to write it's it's like this catch 22 where there's no scenario I think that one depends um, on who's writing the copy like i think if yes. a copywriter is writing the copy they should do it before you design but if the client 100%. is writing the copy then i think you can get away with you doing the design because they often don't know what to write, where to write, how much to write. And so you can almost okay. like point them in the right direction where where you might give them like little headings and you say like this would be a little bit about you and this would be like your services and this would be. And so you kind of, you can then guide them and then they go, okay, well, I need to write like four sentences here or, you know, I think right. that, that it's very different depending on who is writing the copy. Absolutely. Now, I'm I'm excited to have Vito here because he's got these tools that he's built. But, but besides that, Vito grew a really big agency. How many staff did you have? Like more than a dozen, huh? 12. Yeah, 12. 12. A dozen. Okay. Yeah. So you had a team of 12. So you're no stranger to this, this issue. No, How did no, you guys no. handle it in your more, agency? So we built more than 800 websites and the content was a struggle on each one of them. Uh, so... Um, um, it, the way that we like initially I tackled this exactly like everyone else. Um, as soon as the project started, you do the discovery session and then you send the client off to get the content, right? Um, you go ahead, you have two to four weeks and then come back. That was like um, a really big thing uh, in the industry. It still is uh, the content first approach. Um, but uh, that didn't work well at all uh, because uh, like uh, Sarah was saying, they have no clarity, they have no context, they don't know what they're doing. So, and they have no guidance from uh, uh, from us to deliver, to, to get that in the right places. And so, um, um, and we tried Google Docs and we tried like to just map it out with like uh, titles and uh, here we need um, a blurb about this and here we need a blurb about that but that didn't give them the visual representation. Uh, and we ended up, uh, what really worked well is setting up wireframes um, inside the browser so they can basically walk around their own website. So we, we developed this kind of wireframing 
templates uh, that uh, you can just walk around the website and, and walk around. Is this the metaverse? Did you already invent the metaverse? <laughs> I'm already living there, you know, I'm already. Uh... <laughs> uh, but you do walk around the website, right? You jump between the different pages, pages and you can see visually and within context, what are the pieces of uh, text that are that are required? Of course, you have logam ipsums and some guidance since to uh, this is going to be the about us. Tell us a little bit about yourself, about your business. What is your vision? What is your mission? All of those kind of uh, little bits and pieces. And that is built into those wireframing templates. So um, that tackled the exactly the catch 22 that you're talking about, Stephanie, because we didn't um, design anything. We just laid out a page that it was designed to have no design just through this uh, type of uh, layout, uh, layout templates. And um, and yeah, and once the client gave us the content, then we went into uh, input it in there. Of course, they still procrastinate sometimes. And that was, um, um, I pinpointed this to a few things. Uh, first, they don't have the tools to do it, uh, but also because um, we a lot of time gave them way too long of a time span to execute on this. So we get, we get we tell them, go for it. You have two weeks, you have four weeks. Uh, um, we're gonna get to this stage in a month from now or something like that. Instead of really taking into account how long it really takes to create copy if you already have the layout and you just need to talk about your business. So we try to remove all of this complexity by, um, um, by just defining it as a two day and a weekend which was the time span that worked the best for every touch point with the client. Two days and a weekend, that's the that's that's my always go-to when we needed to work with someone. Yeah. Uh, you did that? You tried I that? Forgot. No, I haven't. I forgot that you used to do that, and I love that. I, I'm like kicking myself that I didn't just use that on my last project. So did you guys hear that? Amazing. Two days and a weekend. That's yeah. what they get. So, and I think that is so perfect because that way, if you're going to do it on the clock, they can take their two work days. If they're too busy at work, then okay, then you're doing it on the weekend, like yeah. get her done. And really what it did is it just encouraged them to open their calendar and look there and see where do I fit this instead of saying sometime in the next week. And then they just kind of like, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And the week is over. Uh, so the whole idea is just to get them to think about when, exactly are you going to do this and we told them it's going to be about three hours of work um i mean for a basic uh business website of course sometimes it's a little more complex uh but uh that worked the best really okay so we can wrap up now. <laughs> and we're done thanks for coming everyone <laughs> short. Bye -bye. it's a divvy chat short <laughs> uh -huh. what um so what happens like okay so that all sounds well and good i tell my clients you get two days in a weekend, two days in a weekend comes and goes. All right, didn't get it, all right? We, well, so this came up and that came up and oh, it's a crisis. Okay, one more time, two two days in a weekend, still don't get it. Like, where's the, where the, do you have consequences? No, uh, but we do have follow-ups before it's time to follow up. So um, the it, we don't wait until the weekend passes. Uh, after the two days, it's like, okay, the two days are over. Are you gonna do it over the weekend? What are you planning to do? So we give them an out before it's too late because what, what I found in just like a, just relationship building, if you, um, um, if you allow the time to pass, then they create, um, I'm not sure how to say it in English, but they, they basically create a fault 
over the project or, or, or over the relationship. They already kind of, they have a foul over the relationship. So they start closing up. And that happens in a lot of relationships. That's, that's a lot of times why people even get divorced uh, because there is just a gap of communication. People start uh, lying or hiding different truths. And then, uh, and then over time, it just keeps building up and adding up on, on top of each other until no one wants to see each other and people just ghost. That's, that's just a teaser for next week's episode on marriage counseling. <laughs> it's all the same. It's just it's really an important part of the it's web. It's true, though. It's true what Vito's saying about yeah. uh, you, you're starting off a relationship here. It's a business relationship, but you're trying to maintain that relationship, trying to build that, build those bridges early on in in your in your client relationship, and then when you receive that first uh, draft or something that they've written. Maybe it's fine. Maybe something finally has arrived in your inbox with an attachment on it. And you think, oh, I've got some copy. And then you open it and you put your head in your hands as it's about three lines. And right. then in the email, it said, I wasn't very inspired. <laughs> and it is difficult. It's difficult because at, at that point, you might need to go back and have an uncomfortable conversation with them. Um, but I like Sarah's approach, which was sort of to sort of try and try and help them by um, I think probably doing this initially rather than waiting for that word document with about three lines in it by saying, you know, this is the this is what we're looking for. And if you don't feel qualified or you're you're going to struggle with it, then we would recommend getting a copywriter or, or looking to work with somebody to refine your message. So recently we, we worked on a project with um, with a company and um they bought uh me in as a web designer they bought somebody else in as a marketer they bought someone else in for copywriting they put us all into a room we bounced ideas around um uh and it was kind of like it, it was kind of despite you know me being in the web design space and somebody else being in the marketing space we just came came together and they used that time albeit that they were paying us, but that's fine. But they were using that time to refine their message and talk about, uh, I'm going to say story brand type headlines, which we'll probably come on to um, a little bit later. But it's an important thing to get to get rights. And they were on a deadline. So at that point, they were just like very keen to get moving. And I quite like that because I think the more pressure that there is um, to, to produce a project, um, you'll find people will excel. It's when you say, oh, it's going to take about eight weeks for this project to, to to go live. And then you hit the 12th week and you're still waiting for the copy. And, you know, and, it, and, yeah. and when it does come, it's not great. You got to build that momentum early on. And uh, and instead of uh, just throwing them off for, for like huge time spans, um, just keeping it nice and short so that everyone feels accountable. Uh, and you're also delivering stuff from your side, exactly like like Sarah is doing. So, she, she, Sarah, you gave them something that they can look at. Um, so you did your part, and if you do it fast, if you do your part fast, it signals to the client that all right, this guy is on it. So I I probably should step up and uh, and clear up my schedule for for tomorrow to get this uh, to, to not slow down the project. But if you sit back and just wait for it to come, then they will just do the same. Yeah, totally agree. It's, so it's, it's, I think, oh, sorry, go ahead, Mike. 
No, no, no. Uh, go on, Sarah. I'm Steph Stephanie. Sorry. I was just thinking about how um, there are there are so many different facets to this, and I would love to hear if you guys are in the live chat, or even if you're listening later, you can leave a comment. I'd like to hear what your current system is. We've seen a few in the chat already, and I think there are so there's the client way, and then there's a few different other ways, right? So there's like hiring a copywriter, doing it yourself, et cetera. There's a few different models that that can be. So I think what we're talking about now is one of the more common ways. Um, there's some, which is to have the client write it. And I think this tends to happen on lower budget projects too. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, yes and no, because even with, uh, with higher projects that we did, um, um, it, was, it was sometimes a hard sell. Um, because you know, a, a lot of clients don't really understand the value of awesome copy. They just want a website. They want the result. They just want to run with it. Um, so um, I don't know. Is it our place to train them on the value of proper copywriting? Maybe. But if we were hired to deliver the website and they want to take care of it, then cool. I just gonna empower them to do it uh, themselves. Uh, but we did have an option, and we had like uh, subcontractors uh, lined up for the other scenario. And we we were very upfront about this from the beginning that it's not uh, as easy as you think. Uh, so um, if we can add it on to the project, then that's great. But that was usually something that we added on after the proposal. So it's kind of out of us. You know, it's not it's not part of our service. It's something that we can help you with, like bringing a photographer to your shop that takes pictures around and stuff like this. Uh, but um, it wasn't part of the bill, so it wasn't part of our budget. So Eric, um, our other Divi chat pal, is uh, he's on the road tonight, uh, heading to handle a family situation, but he's, he's in the live chat and he says that they've started just providing the content right. um, he says, no more option. We just provide it. And he, this is just included in the rates so eric i'm interested in how you're dealing with the the pricing difference because depending on who you go with you know i mean if you if you want to get stuff done right that's it is costly to have copywriting done well you know and it, and it should be because it's so important i mean they say they don't say web design is king right <laughs> the content is the king so like I we have you know that's super important that's because <laughs> if you're including copy, I think you like you're providing a much more superior service. And I think that's where you can get away with charging more. It's kind of a little bit like agencies here locally in town charge four times what I charge. So when, you know, when an agency is, I don't know if they include copy as a part of that, but I kind of think there's this expectation that when the price is higher, what comes out of it is higher. And it's that kind of ball rolling thing where if you're charging more for your what you're producing, then you can afford to just have bigger clients and therefore you can just say no to the ones who don't want to have the copy. And I think for Eric, like if he's charging these high prices and he's saying, well, this is just included. If you don't want to take it, you don't have to take it, but this is what's included, then people are going to take it. And they're choosing to use a company who's charging higher rates for a reason. And so I think it's one of those things like 
where people are expecting a better end product, therefore they're willing to pay a little bit more for it. Um, do I want to go down that track? Not really, because I feel like I'm not ready to hit that market. And the market I have at the moment is the market that's willing to pay my prices. And if I included copy, I would then have to notch it up to the next step. And I don't think I would get, I reckon I'd drop about 50% of my clients if that happened, if I went up by another, I don't know, $2,000, something like that. I think I would more. lose a bunch of clients. Yeah. And so I think it's that that tricky thing, right? Like if you're in the market where the clients that you're getting for, say, a base five-page website, they're willing to pay $10,000, well, then, of course, you can include the copy. And, you know, and then it's way less stressful for you because you've included the copy. So it's it's who's your market and are they willing to pay that kind of price? My market's not willing to pay $10,000 for a five-page website. So then how do I... I then have to talk them into it basically if they're not getting the content done then I have to kind of put it out there and say look we want to wrap up this project sometimes clients will just wrap up the project and that's fine like <laughs> that's on them if they decide not to move it forward yeah. but as long as they pay for it kind of thing but most clients will get to a point where they either pull their finger out and actually write the content or they will say look I can't I, I just can't do it. So we need a copywriter. And then they go down that track. And yes, the project takes much longer than we anticipated. But as long as you have priced it out, like as long as at that point you say, well, that's fine, but the project's going to be delayed by another two months realistically. So I'm going to send you an invoice right up to 90% of the project. And we'll just do that final 10% once you're ready to kind of pop in the content and go live, assuming there's no design changes. And then you haven't lost out at that point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just feel like I could be wrong, but I feel like my target market here isn't ready to be upfront at that higher rate from the beginning. They might get there in the end, but at the beginning, they're not there. So what I want to hear about is that additional option of not having to pay a copywriter, but still being able to deliver it to the client using AI. Um, because I think the, the situation that you're describing, Sarah, you, it would be perfect to be able to do what Eric does without cutting into your profit yeah. and without having to hike the price up on clients and, and, and missing Definitely. out on a big portion of those. And Eric and just I shared think, some numbers. Eric just yeah. shared some numbers. Nice. Yeah. Um, 65 per page. Mm -hmm. Say it out. You gotta okay. say it out loud for the people at home. Eric says I'm charging 200 <laughs> per page for copywriting. My cost is 65 per page. So. So that's, that's reasonable. Five to seven page site. You're looking at an extra grand. So that's getting into the realm of possibility. Um, it gets I've worked tricky with though, different... right? Because yeah, it does. You need a good quality content writer. Yeah, and did. maybe Eric has found the unicorn of content writers, but any content writers I've talked to are not charging that low. So, you know, good on you if you can find the unicorn at $65 per page. Um, but I know Australia has a very specific way of speaking and I would be very hesitant to even hire an American. Um, oh, yeah. Like let alone kind of anyone from around the world because I think the way we speak is really particular. And if you tried to write it from anyone who wasn't from Australia, it is not going to sound Australian. Like it's just not, which is even where we come into the AI stuff. And I think 
I'm not sure if it's going to sound right, if it's AI, but I haven't tried it. So I'm really interested to hear about well, the and then, AI stuff. Like the, I've got a British project manager and she was just writing some emails for me and I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Yeah. <laughs> These words exactly, sound funny. Right? I don't know. And then like if, you're, if Tom tries to write our emails, they just all say, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for love yes, thank you and thank well you. here's the thing though is I'm sorry. For, for mike and sarah aluminum and aluminium are spelled the same way so that's like but there's a still word, a tone yeah. and voice I know, I'm totally there kidding. is a human <laughs> she just, she's different. like still fighting it i'm not getting into that <laughs> Honestly, one Tim. it's so different like when i it's like stock photos I can instantly tell if it's an Australian stock photo or an American stock photo. And then people can have- There's the kangaroos? Color. Is it the kangaroos? No. <laughs> it Like there is a vibe in stock photos and we often can't use regular stock photos because you can instantly tell they're American. And so it's this really tricky thing where it's really subtle, but it's subtle enough that we cannot use that in our websites, unfortunately. Like it just- it, it, That's really fun. That's really it's, interesting. It doesn't work. So this is yeah. the thing, isn't it? This is the thing. When, but with copy, and we're talking about copy that resonates. So we've got a company in the UK called Innocent Drinks. And they make basically make fruit drinks, but not from concentrate. So okay. they've been they've been in the market years and years and years. And I would recommend just going to their website and looking at the way in which they deliver their message. They've it's part of their brand, their whole in way the way they speak. That they're, they're, the colors that they've chosen, it's everything is is written in a certain way. They've even got on their contact page, it says, call us on the banana phone. But it's just kind of like it, it's the whole message and the way it comes in. So I think when we're looking at um, websites, we what we're trying to do is deliver the best we can. And so you might even have a client that might be interested in quirky type language. So at that point, you, you know, you really do need somebody to, to, to come in and do that. Um, and you might recommend it as well, because you might say, look, this is a really neat, uh, different type of um, product that you've got here. So let's let's try this. Let's go down the quirky route and, and see where where that leads. It depends on on their budget, of course. Um, but it's it's I always think that um, Images and, and content and the text itself are what's going to ultimately sell to that customer. And so like Tim, I'd be really interested to, to hear what Vito's got to say about Bertha, uh, simply because I wonder how that would, would fit into something like that. So uh... well, let me, allow me to introduce Bertha so that you don't have to brag on yourself. But Bertha is an AI copywriter. So basically in the world of, if, you, if any of you are AppSumo fans, you've seen all of the AI copywriting coming out, right? So there's been a few engines that have been released into the world that are that are powering these copywriters. And there there's a couple engines and then there's several different ways that you can handle it on the other end of things. So Vito and Andrew Palmer have partnered up and they created bertha.ai which is a one of these copywriting uh bertha b-e-r-t-h-a dot a-i even though people in australia and england say bertha probably there's bertha? no R on there. yeah <laughs> bertha yeah like that. cinemar let's go to the cinemar yeah <laughs> and i did try and spell it b-i like oh no it's b-e-r-t-h-a 
So, and then Vito also has Adirim, which for those of you who have been under a rock, that's uh, formerly known as WP Feedback. So he's then built into this system for collecting content. They've built in this AI tool, which is a really clever use of that rather than going someplace else. And so within Divi, for example, the little Bertha icon pops up right in your text boxes and things. So yeah. Vito, explain what is actually happening though, if you don't mind. So let's start just kind of understanding the the um, the level of technology that is with this with this uh, uh, new AI tools that came out over the past uh, year or so because this is the game changer really the the way that this technology evolved over the past year so this is really really fresh um, and, and cutting edge in terms of um, all of the stuff that we are we're being challenged with on a day to day basis. Um, up until a year ago or a year and a half ago, um, the biggest AI model that was trained on content was, let's say, this big, right? Let's say the, the size of a, of, a, of a tennis ball, right? Because I know that there's also like an audio version of this, right? Yeah. Uh, so the size of a tennis ball. Now it's the size of the earth in terms of the, of, of, uh, the amount of content that was fed into this AI from all over the world, from all kinds of different dialects, from all kinds of different languages. Uh, um, we're talking about hundreds of billions of, um, of pieces of content that was introduced into this AI that was released about a year ago. And um, that is the game changer of this industry. And from here, it's just gonna keep going exponentially. Um, over the upcoming years, there's already discussions about the the next level, which is you know it's gonna be the size of the sun if we're gonna keep uh, with with this uh, analogy, uh, and um, and the more that it is trained, the better it is to predict what you want of it. So the way to kind of uh, um, understand is how it works. It's not really it's kind of different uh, for for us to understand because we're a lot of us are developers or we're used to this concept of if then type of uh, uh, of, of interacting with technology but AI creates strings on the go so the way that it works is really like the human brain or like I am speaking right now I don't know what is the word that I'm gonna say in about five sentences from now because I'm stringing these sentences as I'm saying them. And that is what the AI does uh, based on the information that you feed into it. So this is already like when I when I realized how it worked, it already blew my mind. Um, so what we try to do is uh, we try to take all of this information that we have in building websites. And we all know, you know, after you build a few, um, let's say 10, 20, 100, 500 websites, it kind of starts looking the same, right? You have the hero section with the with the top with the unique selling proposition on top. Then you have some kind of a subheadline below that, and then a call to action button. You have those three icon sections where you talk about the benefits. Then you have left to right, left to right with content, right? And then there's some kind of a grid, maybe blog post, maybe um, product or something like this. So most websites around the world kind of look the same if you look at them from a from a bird's eye view. And so um, um, we looked at, at uh, um, all of these website components and we created or we trained the AI to, uh, to generate the content for each one of these unique um, pieces of content or, or micro copy that you would need when you're building a website. 
And so, and then on top of that, we built it into WordPress so that you can have it where you need it. So if you're inside Divi, um, you're writing a title, you drop a title block uh, in there. And when you click on it, you have the Bertha icon that is just gonna give you a few suggestions of what you should write in there. And when you click on the suggestion you like, you're just gonna type it in, um, you know, into where you need it. So that's really systemizes the way that you go through the page. And in the same way that Sarah, you and I we used to do the go in and type in, uh, this should be your unique selling proposition. This should be a little information about you. So instead you just click a button and it would give you the unique selling proposition. It gives you the about us. It gives you the um, all of these pieces of content. Now, when, when it comes to what you were talking about, about the, the sentiment and the kind of the, the dialect uh, uh, of how it's pronouncing different things, uh, it works. So you, you can tell it that you should be for Australian audiences and it will try to fit that type of, um, of language. Or you can even say like, uh, uh, write it in the tone of voice of Ozzy Osbourne, right? And it will do it like that on Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know? All efforts, like just all uh, to the chopper. Get, yeah, get, to, get to the chopper sentence. You, you really will. Uh, so, um, so that that's Wait, where do you put that in? I gotta try that one. Forget, <laughs> forget pirate ipsum. <laughs> that's why that's why the Laura Ipsum killer because instead of uh, right now I have like a Chrome extension that I just drop Laura Ipsums. So instead of that, you just put in what you should have there, and uh, you get that unique selling proposition. You get all kinds of really awesome stuff. And all you need to feed into it is um, four parameters, the brand name, the short description of the product itself uh, or the business itself. So that would be like um, three lines that you can write about. Uh, I'm building a website for, or this business is a, is a yoga shop that uh, does this and that, you know, and that's enough. Uh, and then uh, below this, you put in the target audience so that it creates copy that is compelling and um and it speaks to that target audience it tries to point them out throughout the conversation and finally you have the sentiment which is where you put the arnold right um and um, based on this or witty or or snarky or you know exactly what you said about this company mike um i was actually working on this with a great good friend of mine that has a huge um a copywriting agency here in london they do like Jack Daniels and Volvo and, you know, like the, the big brands and he, his style, style of writing is very um, um, uh, witty, you know, very kind of like a, a tongue in cheek type of thing. And so um, so he's, he's like, no way it can produce the stuff that we're making and so on, you know, and he, he's just like, uh, you know, he haven't spoken to me since. So I know that it worked great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is really interesting because i've i've been yeah. seeing a lot about these ai writing tools and uh gotten a lot of buzz out there in the in the marketing world especially and so whenever i see something like this that's new that comes out my first kind of initial reaction is well is it just a gimmicky tool, right? Where something where it looks cool, it looks shiny, but it doesn't actually perform in a real world setting. Or you might use it once and it's kind of, you know, oh, it's kind of cool, but it's not really practical in the long run. However, from what I've seen from people that I follow and respect is that it's not gimmicky and that it actually is a good long-term solution that performs. Um, 
so yeah, this is this is fascinating, and I like that you guys have it built directly into WordPress and the page builders and all of that, um, so that it's even more useful. So yeah, I'm I excited. Think I could to try imagine. It. I reckon you could use it in place of Lorem Ipsum. Like even if you didn't say we're going to produce your content for you, but even if you did it from the perspective of we've put in some copy that you might like to consider, and yeah. even if it, all it does is it helps your client. Yeah. Kind of get the ball rolling. I, where they used to an Ipsum. Yeah. Like where they it. it's it's enough to help them go, oh, I hate that. And then they start writing, kind of thing. Or it's enough yeah. to help them go, mm, it's kind of close. I'll just like edit these few bits and pieces. But it's like it kind of helps them get away from that blank screen, blank page thing yeah. that happens yeah. to people. So instead of saying you need four sentences, you need four sentences that are kind of like this but feel free to modify it however you want. It might be enough that it kind of, it's not fully writing the content for them, but it at least points them better in the right direction. Yeah, it's like the same problem as like layouts and child themes do, right? Because it's like trying to design from scratch is really hard, but if you have a yeah. starting point where then you can customize and tweak and stuff, and by the time you get done, it ends, might end up looking nothing like what it started, but you yep. couldn't have gotten that, to that point without it. And the same thing with, with writing, it's like you get that writer's block. You're like not sure where to start and stuff. So um, yeah, it's fascinating. I'm going to do that a lot. Yeah, oh, sorry, go ahead. This is a really big point, Tim, about the writer's block because a lot of times you would just like look at this and say like, what, you know? And that is the experience that a lot of customers have uh, because they, or a lot of clients have when, when, they, uh, when they're asked to give the content because they just don't have this, um, even though, you know, writing copy for a website, I see it as having a conversation. Uh, you know, if you sit next to someone at a dinner table, you would probably say everything that is coming up on your homepage. We'll start with a unique selling proposition. If they want more, then you keep telling them about the benefits. And if they want to say, all right, let's do it, then click the button, right? Let's go to the um, call to action and all those kinds of stuff. So it really is like a conversation, but um, but it it, it 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 does get you past this stage where you um, where you're just looking at the sentence and like, what do I what do I, what should I put here? Uh, and so I, I agree that. It should be treated. This technology should be treated as the eighty to ninety percent, you know. But you still want to give it your own uh, type of vibe and stuff. But it's still get, it's gonna give you most of it. It might say that you started the company in in fifty six and it was your dad's uh, firm, you know, that you you, you took over uh, because it doesn't really know. Uh, so you would want to tweak those kind of things in there. But uh, all in all, it's it's like a WordPress plugin. You you. Uh, we always used it as the in the agency. We would find the plugin that would give us eighty percent of what we needed, and then we would build the extra twenty percent or custom CSS the extra twenty percent that uh, um, fitted into the design. So that's kind of the same mindset there. I wonder. I wonder if anybody's been on AppSumo uh, like I was when all of these uh, tools came out. Because there's I own like five. There's of them. A, there's, a, there's so many, isn't there? And, and but there is a difference uh, in some uh, in some. There is, yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, first of all, there are so you can't really use the 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 one that I was talking about the um, Earth size model uh, with an AppSumo model because uh, or business with an AppSumo business model the lifetime ones uh, just because um, you have to pay the the you know um, uh, the API. 
So every time someone clicks the button, you pay the API. So if you have like thousands of people clicking this like crazy on a lifetime deal, then these companies are not going to stay in business. Yeah. So what they do is they leverage they a lot of them because it was kind of a hype thing for uh, for a couple of months. People were leveraging like really tiny um, uh, open source solutions. Uh, they were leveraging the tennis balls. And they actually gave the whole thing um, a really bad reputation, even though this technology is is incredible. Uh, you know, you're but using that's the it same thing as like themes that you buy from Envato Market compared to like a really good quality theme that maybe you have to pay annually, or like an event plugin that you pay a one-time thing on. Um, Code Canyon compared to like the events calendar or one of these ones where you pay every year and it sucks because you're paying like $200 a year and you think this completely sucks but you're paying for a company to keep functioning and you're paying for quality and you're paying for updates and you're always going to get a better product when you pay for these things like anytime someone wants to do a free thing I get we have to start that way but you get what you pay for from th this perspective and you don't really want to pay like a one-time thing and then in three years you can't use it anymore because you've you know paid a bit more at the beginning but then it doesn't actually help you so i think yeah, it's the I, same thing and sometimes it's hard to get your mindset past that but we want to actually pay the people who are providing a good quality service for us and that's the thing with AppSumo as well because what you end up with there is that is this market is saturated and uh, and these companies are not all going to be there in the next few years for whatever reason, because <clears throat> people do gravitate to um, something that becomes popular. So it's kind of trying to pop your head up above all of the rest of the competition veto, isn't it? It's kind of saying, and it's explaining that as well, because you don't get those explanations on AppSumo. So by saying that, you know, it's the sun, not the tennis ball is, is, is a great way to describe it, isn't it? The yeah. tricky thing with AppSumo, though, is it's a little bit like gambling because every now and then you miss the one. Like yeah. I always regret missing, um, oh, what's the proposal one? Better proposals. Better proposals. Yeah, yeah, and some people got that on AppSumo when they were just starting out and then their lifetime on, like wouldn't you love to be lifetime on better proposals? Like there yeah. are a few, and it's that gambling thing of like, but these guys could be the next I don't like one. the stock market. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my stocks when something is terrible yeah, yeah. So, so Vito did you look at AppSumo when you were when you were thinking of your own launch or uh, have you just sort of you know thought so, no I'm I'm not going anywhere near that space uh oh well as a, as a way of launching you mean yeah yeah um well they reached out to me a few times for Atarim and when it was WP feedback back then and now with Bertha um, they're really on it, you know. They they are they are in the groups. They see what's going on. They reach out to founders, um, but it's just crazy, you know. Like the the way that um, it, you would get like seven dollars on a user forever, yeah. you know. What what are you gonna do with this? How are you gonna build a, a a company? You know, I'm I'm not I'm not into the game of uh, just releasing a product every day. Um, the last one I released was two and a half years ago. Now there is one. Uh, so and and in the meantime, we build companies, you know, behind those products. So um, with doing it with that, it's just uh, it's just insane. With WP Feedback, when we first started, we released like two hundred lifetime deals for uh, five hundred dollars, not fifty, uh, and that allowed me and and we kept all of the revenue uh, 
um, we did we did the campaign ourselves, so we didn't give them seventy percent like they're taking. Uh, so um, so we were able to have a uh, to hire a team and to start developing the product and to start uh, you know building like a proper business around uh, uh, this what was just version one point at the time. So if anything with lifetime deals, I think that um, uh, this is the right approach. But for a lot of founders that are not savvy on market on the marketing front and uh, they just want to get like a surge of uh, users uh, maybe that's a good idea I, I would even say that you would get like 2,000 users for what we got 200 and and just supporting those 2,000 users on a on a product that was just born a, a couple of months ago and it's crazy you know that and that's why most of the initial experiences with AppSumo is just horrible because you know, there, there's no way a, a single founder or two or a team of two can actually um, uh, have a sustainable uh, um, experience for so many people in such a short amount of time. You got to grow into it, you know. Yeah. yeah, I I strictly don't buy software that is only a lifetime deal. So whether it's AppSumo or other products, I've seen so many products come and go, whether they're yeah. Divi products or WordPress products or just general products out there where it's like you buy something and then they just kind of disappear and the product kind of yeah. withers away it, it can't. They, they, it's just not a sustainable business model imagine that you would offer care plan clients for uh you know um you know lifetime. for 50 bucks a lifetime and 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 whoever you know uh elegant elegant themes would take 80 percent of that thing also uh, so you're supporting clients, you know, and people reach out to support all the time. That's part of the game of uh, running a product. Um, so yeah, I, I I I never could figure out the sustainability of this absolute model. Yeah, we're almost out of time. I can't believe it. But I wanted to touch base on little things too. So we've obviously covered this AI option, <laughs> but what if you? What if you don't have AI? No offense, Vito. But what if you don't use that? And what First if you're me, so you can go in and join for free? So that that was my one-liner pitch. I know I wasn't. Oh, yeah. Where do people <laughs> find out about it, by the way? Because Eric, Eric, uh, who's on a road trip, said they pulled out. He was supposed to start driving, and he pulled over into a Chick Fil A parking lot because he's so excited and he wants to know. <laughs> Didn't want the Chick Fil A by any chance, Eric. No. So tell the people where they find out more and uh, so come check it out at bertha.ai and you can get a thousand words per month uh for free. And there's even uh as we're rolling this out, there is a really cool uh, agency um a plan uh for uh, 99 a month and uh, that you can install on all of your clients' websites, unlimited websites and just uh, empower them to generate copy really that's awesome so let's say we're not gonna do that N no offense again but like there's other <laughs> ways too right so let's just make sure we're covering so there are copywriters out there so how do you go about finding a human being to write copy like let's say you don't even want to touch it you just want but and and there's a for whatever reason your client's not going to do it so you've sold them on hiring a copywriter w what do you do how do you find someone I think it's really tricky. I've found people at networking, yeah, like going to actual local networking things. One of the problems I found was I found a really good one and then I started using him and then he 
ended up being so big that he only works on big clients now and he doesn't want to work on my client website. So sometimes now he'll give me recommendations of other people, but I find it really hard to find ones who the quality is really good and the price isn't crazy. Um, But I think local networking can be a good way to go. Obviously it doesn't have to be local. Like where I live just happens to really like working with local people. Um, Mm -hmm. But it doesn't have to be local, but I think networking type things, whether that's on Facebook or whatever, could be a good way to go. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah. uh, LinkedIn's a good place to go and find people as well. Uh, just type that into a search and you will get an abundance of people come up from that. Um, yeah, that's uh, I've, I've met people via networking, as, as Sarah said, um, and I've never never had the opportunity to actually use them yet. And it's 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 a weird thing because it, I think what's going to happen with me and um, my clients moving forward with this, because it's a very excellent subject, is to put this front and center, I think, because it is so, there are so many times when this becomes a problem. And we always say, you know, we always allow for life when you're when you're creating a website from beginning to end. Somebody says, typically, how long does it take you? And we'll, we'll give them a sort of ballpark figure depending on what's in the schedule. Um, but copy, you have to put it front and center and if you can get it front and center then you've got a really good chance of delivering that project maybe even earlier and then you can get on to your next project so i work with i work with a chick that i met um in some facebook groups and she's not super cheap but my gosh she goes and meets with the client and see that's the other thing are you going to meet with your client or are they because the clients are not scot-free when you work with a copywriter they still have to be interviewed. There's so much, even if you could write, um, you know, product pages, you know, or sales pages or things like that. Like if they've, they're the details of each project, their bios, their about page, like there's so much that has to come at least at the core from the client and you have to get their vibe and all of that. So, um, so it's great having somebody that is professional enough and that I trust and she'll come back and give me like a document that's like, here's this page. I thought this could be laid out like this. And I sometimes roll my eyes at her and I go, Aaron, you know, like I'm the designer here. Like I'll handle that. But it, secretly I kind of love it because it's like, it just saves so much work and energy. And it's like, she kind of visualizes the page. So to have somebody like that uh, is great to have if I'm booked up on a lot of projects, if it's a client that can afford that price point, those kind of things. Uh, I have worked with other levels, you know, as well. And it, it just depends. We we have copywriting with focus. So if you ever want to try that out, you can. It's um it's an it's all US based team. So Sarah, sorry, but uh we don't say good day or anything like that. But but it's native <laughs> English. What I'm wondering is how many professional copywriters are really just using the AI tools. And so it would be interesting them to use AI. <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot of them. As long as they turn out some good work, I don't care. <laughs> uh, so we, we have um, uh, um, a few brackets to this. Uh, so we offer the client um, three price points based on kind of quality, if you will, um, or reputation of the agency that we were working with. So uh, the high one was the guy that that uh, that I mentioned that before, and he's working, uh, you know, with like. Uh, um, top brands. So um, just to- just dropping some of the names, 
allowed them to um, understand that this is going to be a 5k uh, you know British pounds type of uh, project for a basic website just to get the copy in um, and that was a lot so his process was really deep so he would go in and meet them and like you're saying um, you know interview them properly and uh, create a few variations and so he his process actually extend extended the project um, to the same length as the clients doing it themselves, but of course the quality was on a completely different level. Uh, then I had a middle tier which I met at um, um, uh, like a like a, a local uh, type of um, agency uh, hangout here in London, and um, we ended up just exchanging a lot of work back and forth. You know, with uh, so they needed someone to build websites, we needed someone to write the copy. They were kind of like you know, small agency type of uh, work. So that they, these were our best fit. And uh, we also had a, um, a cheap one that we were taking off of Fiverr. And that was working um, pretty nicely, to be honest. Like that was kind of quick to the point. It was for those clients that didn't care much about it. They just wanted to get it done. And so um, cool, we had uh, a, I don't remember her name, but she was great uh, on, uh, on Fiverr, went back to her. Um, quite a few times, so we allow the clients to choose what um, um, which level they wanted. Really, I like that. You know, Sarah, oh, yeah. you're thinking about your issue of adding more onto your quotes and your folks mm. that won't take it. But I wonder if maybe it's because it's in addition to, like, yeah. like what if it was just the way Eric's doing, where this is this is your total, like this is what it costs, and you just sell that and sell the benefits of it. And then I think it's a great idea. Even an option for a lower number, you know, like, I mean, because anybody who hears 4,000 and then hears six and a half thousand, they're going to be like, no, 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 no. I want the 4,000 option. Like everybody would say that, right? Like it's a, that's a tough hurdle to get over mentally. But if you start off with saying like, this is what we're going to give you. This is how awesome it's going to be. This is going to be the results, blah, 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 blah. And then it's going to be six and a half K where you sign right here. You know, I just wonder, yeah. it'd be interesting. You might have to do a little experiment. When I'm, when I'm, I think um, my, my view of trying higher prices is when, you know, you've got the next three months booked out, that's the perfect time to try yeah. higher prices. Um, but given we've just got past COVID, I'm pretty happy with just sticking where I'm at at the moment. But definitely, like, I'm not close to it in the future, but I do think at the moment from what I've seen around town, um, the price we're at is, like, an agreeable price, but often people feel like they're stretching to get to that price. So I feel like it would be a, it would be a bit too challenging. Well, they probably don't know you're, you're one of the longtime members of Divi Chat. I mean... She'd be like, do you know who I am? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't build websites for clients anymore because I'm full time with on the product side. But if I were still doing websites, I would do what Eric is doing, making it yeah. just included. Just included. But then using AI to basically jumpstart. Wait, what's that? You've never used it before and you are like I've 100%. never used it before but I'm I'm sold because <laughs> using technology as a tool 
to make your life easier. To me, that's like the beauty of the world we live in with technology yeah. and automation and stuff like that, where technology, again, like I mentioned in the beginning, I'm always fearful of technology that's gimmicky, right? Like I love like smart home stuff, but there's certain smart home stuff that I invested in that I'm like, that was a waste of money. It was really gimmicky. It doesn't it actually solve any problems. And so um, I'm always hesitant about when new stuff comes out. Is it going to be just a kind of a gimmick or is it actually going to provide real world use on a long-term basis? And from what I can see, Bertha and, and uh, AI writing tools is exactly that. So being able to, to take that and just like we use Divi, we use a page builder to make ourselves more efficient and basically uh, making ourselves more profitable and our clients, um, they benefit too because they're able to get a way better website for way cheaper because of tools like Divi. I think um, tools like Bertha is, is right along with it where, hey, now they can get really good copy too that you can utilize that artificial intelligence to then benefit the client. So... Yeah. And I'm not just saying that because Vito's a guest on here. I'm actually like super excited about this. So yeah. you should try it. I, I haven't written uh, like a sentence on my own since we launched this thing. Uh, <laughs> I do the I do the landing pages for us and I do all of the you know uh, bits and pieces now with all of Black Friday campaign. It's all there, you know, it's all done with this thing. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's like you were saying though, Vito. I think it's still it's an 80% thing, isn't it? And and there's still no substitute for the other factor, the, the the other twenty or the other ten, however, you know whatever it's spitting out, and then whatever you're using, if you can if you can get the customer's USP into into it and capture that as well, and and the phrasing and the tone, um, then it's going to be it's going to be so useful moving forward. Yeah, it'll give you the USB. That's the first one. Um, uh, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, like with with this, it's. And I, I agree exactly with the page builder example. You still need to be a designer to get a good result. You know. Yes. Um, you know. Yeah. So it's not. It's yeah. not going to give you the whole thing. It's not um, dropping in DV or or whatever page builder in there, even using their templates. We all know that clients still manage to mess this up often. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, like uh, you know, expertise is uh, the human mind is still uh, is still a, a, you know um, a, a in charge and, and stronger. Um, but uh, if we can um, lift weights while we're inside a pool, that's much much easier, right? What if your brain is the size of a tennis ball, though? Like it may not be. <laughs> <laughs> anyway thanks for being here everybody i hope you enjoyed this there's a lot more that we could talk about on this that we may branch out into another um topic because we didn't even touch on like seo in relation to copy which i think is a big deal how to direct people in any of these scenarios how do you get the proper keywords included and things. So if you'd like to hear more about that, let us know in the chat or send us a message, leave a comment, and we'll schedule another copywriting episode um, in the upcoming weeks. It we It is November, it's the beginning of November here as we're recording this. So we are moving into holiday season where things get all crazy and we usually take a brief hiatus um, in the middle. So we'll keep you posted on all that. Stay tuned on the Divi chat. Facebook page and um, what else? If you could leave us a review, that'd be awesome. 
uh, Stephanie, rate this can podcast. Stephanie, can I just add something? Um, slash Divi Chat. Yeah. Yes, you may, of course. We have a complaint. <gasps> there was a complaint. a complaint. Yeah, we had a complaint. Yeah. So last Divi Chat, right? Mm -hmm. Disgusted of Tunbridge Wells, it says here, right? It says, who cut him off when he said, take care, bye-bye? We need to know. Uh -oh. <laughs> there was somebody, somebody was responsible. Probably somebody me. was responsible. <laughs> all we saw, all we heard was tap. <laughs> the end button is very tricky on this thing. I just want you to know. It's tough. To, and it's so awkward when we're all just sitting here waiting for it to cancel. Oh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want to go ahead and get it in That's early? Yes. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Bye bye. <gasps> Thanks for coming, Vito. We appreciate you. Bye, everybody. Thanks for